0: How can we have true happiness and peace of mind? If you read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, you will find in the fruit of the Holy Spirit joy and peace. Love, joy and peace. So you are asking about how to have happiness, joy and peace of mind, peace. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be joyful. Believe me. Try to strengthen your relationship with God. A true relationship with God. Through prayers, through the scripture, through living the life of repentance. And living the sacramental life in the church through confession and repentance and communion. Then, you will have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, filled your heart. And you will be joyful, as the Lord promised us. And you will be joyful, and no one will take your joy away from you. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, did not have children. And her husband tried to comfort her, and he was not able to comfort her and she was upset, disappointed she refused to eat or to drink and at the end she resolved to go to church to the temple to pray and she prayed before God and after she prayed while she left the church the priest, Ali actually rebuked her he thought she is drunk But she answered him in humbleness. And I want to ask ourselves right now if you go to church and after you prayed, Abuna told you are drunk, how are you going to react to this? But since she was full of peace from God after she prayed, she responded humbly to him. And after this, she went to home with peace, and the Bible tells us that her face was not altered like before. So the expression of sadness on her face was removed. Why? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding filled her heart, had, through prayer. When she prayed before God, she had this peace. So enter into the work of the Holy Spirit through prayer, scripture, repentance, confession, communion and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and you will experience the happiness, the joy and the peace of mind that surpasses an understanding. I have a question related to nature, God. Why is it the Catholic belief is different from Catholic Orthodox? Is is St. Peter, is the founder of the Roman Roman Catholic Church? Is the teaching of St. Peter and St. Mark different? All churches in the whole world were the same face until year 451 in the year 451 a split happened in the church because of the nature of Christ whether Christ has two natures or one nature from two and now it is not time to prove or to give you evidences about no each point, but I just I'm gonna mention the points. This happened spread in the church. So the church from the Catholic Church lived in the two nature. But the catholic Church defended the one nature from two, according to the teaching of St. Cyril of Alexandria and many verses Another spread happened in year 1054 because of the procession of the Holy Spirit and it's very clear in John chapter 15, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father, not the Father and the Son but the Catholic Church added to the Creed from the Father and the Son. This addition was not accepted by the Orthodox people. So, this meant another split, and it wasn't accepted because it is against the teaching of the scripture. Then, later on, the Catholic Church accepted many things like purgatory, infallibility of the Book, indulgences of the saints, uh, the primacy of Peter, uh, the immaculate conception of Saint Mary. Uh, all these things actually are not biblical, not in the teaching of the scripture and not in the teaching of the church father and recently they accepted the salvation of the non-believers so how come a non-believer will be saved without Christ? Then Christ died for no reason if the non-believers would be saved The Christ died for no reason, and because of this dogma, they can marry a Christian to a Christian. For example, they can marry a Christian to a Buddhist in the church. So, why the Catholic belief is different from Coptic Orthodox? Because unfortunately, the Catholic added many things that are not biblical not founded in the scripture and not in the early church authors. If St. Peter, is St. Peter the founder of the Roman Catholic Church, let us go to the scripture. We read in Acts chapter 28 that St. Paul rented a house in Rome and he preached Christ the and Saint Paul in his letter to Romans he said very clearly I don't preach where another apostle preached. So if there is another apostle preaching in a certain city, St. Paul will respect this and will not go there. this city is covered by this apostle, why I should go there. Let me search for another area that has no apostles. Okay, so if we have the two biblical references. And St. Paul doesn't go in a place where somebody else preached. And St. Paul rented a house in Rome and he preached in Rome. So can we say the, when St. Paul rented the house for preaching in Rome, there was no apostle before him preached. Because if there was any apostle for him like Peter, he wouldn't go there according to the principle that he mentioned to him. So actually the founder of the Catholic Church is St. Paul and not St. Peter. St. Peter after he was imprisoned and God released him, we read in the book of Acts and he went to another place. St. Luke did not mention what the other place is but the scholars Even the contemporary scholar, they said the other place was Egypt. So he went to Egypt and stayed there with St. Mark. And then he returned to Jerusalem and ended. So we don't know. What we know from the scripture is the founder of the Catholic Church is St. Paul and not St. Peter. The last question, is the teaching of St. Peter and St. Mark different? Absolutely not. teaching of St. Peter is the same of St. Mark. So, the Catholic Church is different from the Catholic Church, not because the teaching of Mark and Peter are different, but because later on, after Peter and Mark were martyred, later on, in year 451 and then in year 1054, then, Later on, they accepted many, many wrong teachings that, against the teaching of the scripture, against the teaching of the early church fathers. That's why there is difference between the Catholic Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church. There are a lot of people who commit suicide. Why the church priests don't pray? bless their body, dead body or pray. There is a verse in First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. He said, there is a death that's leading to death. I ask you not to pray for it. Not to pray for it. So what is the sin? that leads to death. Any sin actually, the witches' of sin is death. But if a person dies in his sin, then he doesn't have time to repent. If the person dies in his sin, doesn't have time to repent. So according to John chapter 5, if a person dies in his sin without repentance, don't pray for this person. If you apply this to suicide, a person who hangs himself or shoots himself with a gun, he doesn't have time to repent, so he committed a sin of murder, he killed himself, and there is no time for him to repent. And who has the authority over life and death? God has the authority of life and death, but this person actually refused to submit to the will of God and he wanted to take control of his life by himself so he determined to kill himself. But the authority of life and death belonged to God, not to the person. Yes. If he has if a person has a psychological problem and mental illness, they cannot make an informal decision, they can pray over them. So why the church did not pray about us today? We made a positive light in the church and say, ashes to ashes. Cremation started, if you look at the history of cremation, it started first as a heresy against the resurrection So the people said, we will actually burn these bodies and let us see how God can raise them. We will turn them to ashes. That's it. Now they are doing it for economic reasons. But we believe that the body of the believers has blessings. For example, in the scripture we read about the body of Elisha and he was buried. And then another person dies and they dropped him by mistake at the body of Elijah. So this person touched the body of Elijah and he rose from the dead. You can read this in the scripture. Which means this body that is anointed by the Holy Myron that partook of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can we cremate this body? And cremation was known as a curse. Even until now, people, when they curse each other, they would use the word "burn," May the Lord burn your dead. Lord, it's, it's a curse. But then, we should not let the financial challenges and determine our Christian principle. So if the Christian principle is to bury the dead bodies, we should not permit them. If somebody is poor and doesn't have enough money, the church and the believers should help him to bury his dead person. What is life after death? In theology in general, we answer questions that are revealed to us. Theology is revelation from God. Whatever revealed to us, we know. Whatever not revealed to us, we don't know. And we don't have assumption in Christianity or in theology. I cannot assume and tell you, you know, see life after this, there will be this and this and that. No, just because that's in my imagination. But even if my imagination is yeah, good, like in rabbina, God told us, which eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have come upon the heart of man. So it's never ever in our imagination. Saint Paul, when he was taken to the paradise and he returned, he said, I heard the words that no one can utter it so he, he heard the words but no one can so let me tell you what is the revealed things to us number one God revealed to us that in heaven there will be responsibility in love after love and he told us you were faithful in what's least If I will appoint you not much. So there will be spirits in heaven. Also, a star will be different than a star in glory. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. So there will be different glory and different ranks. That's why in divine places I mentioned some maybe the first then Archangel Michael and the the, uh, the angels, then the prophets, then the apostles, then the martyrs, then the saints. We use a certain order. And it is eternal life, and it is life of happiness, the place out of which grief, sorrow and groaning have fled away in the light of Jesus. Why other parents do not raise their kids in a spiritual path. Either because the parents themselves are not spiritual, or they don't believe in the importance of spirituality to their kids, or maybe they are busy to teach our children any spiritual things, or maybe they are understanding of spirituality just to go to the church, regardless if we you have we a relationship with God or not. So there are many factors why parents don't raise their children in spiritual life. And how can we change our ways by raising our kids into the best of God? To change your ways, St. Paul said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So, you need to acquire a new mind, mind according to Christ, as Paul also said, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So when you change your mind and the way you are seeing things, and you see things from Christ's eyes, not from your own eyes, and you can ask yourself, if Christ in my situation, what would he do? What would he do? Uh, this will help you to change your ways and raising your children in the path of God. Your children is a gift from God and that's why you need to raise them in the fear of God. Plant them in the church, make them to have a strong relationship with God and also connect them through the family bond uh, through dialogue and b- better communication, in which you engage your children, regardless how young they are, in the discussion. So, engage your children in discussion, spend the quality time with them, put it in your priority, not after you finish your work, put it in your priority. Every week, you need to spend. Some quality time with your children. Make your children have strong relationship with God and a strong relationship with the church. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.